Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Viv. And I'm Tyler. And you're listening to Treadmill Talk. In Treadmill Talk, we'll sit down with industry experts in the world of health and fitness, some good banter and yarns along the way. We're all about nutrition, nutrition training, training and lifestyle. lifestyle. Powered by Flex Fitness. Welcome back guys to Treadmill Talk, it's Viv here and we are now up to episode 5. This episode will be based about social media and how it's affected the health and fitness industry of today. It's quite interesting to think that people used to look up to TV, actors, celebrities, you know, the Kardashians and whatnot, but now you could just be a mum and you've just had a baby and lost maybe 10 kgs and if you have a bit of a following, uh, all of a sudden you have an audience and it's now great to see that health and fitness has its very own platform through social media. Angelie Fit for Life has 69,000 followers. Angelie Mac Instagram account 38,000 followers. Angelie Dreams over 4,000 followers. We also have her Facebook platform, which is Fit for Life, which has 5,000 followers. Angelie Mac YouTube account, which has 6,000 followers. Angelie is also a graduate from University of Waikato with an accounting degree and she competed in the WBFF place second in May in 2018 for the bikini category. Welcome back guys, we're here on Treadmill Talk with special guests Angelie Mack, Tyler and myself here today as well. Everyone want to say hi? How you doing guys? Hi! <laughs> Alright, so I just wanted to start off, Angelie, we do a little thing called Fast Five, which is like a this or that. Oh. So no hesitation, just say which one oh you'd like out here of both. Go. Okay. Emojis or GIFs? I'll go emojis. Emojis. Emojis all the way. All right. Stories on Instagram or Facebook? Stories on Instagram, 110%. I'm not a fan of Facebook Facebook. stories. Okay. Drop comments or likes more for, you know, your followers? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, that wasn't very fast. It took some time. Okay. Um, Calm down. Likes. Likes. Okay. Picture post or video post? Picture. Picture. Cool. But I need to do more videos. All right. <laughs> and the last one is Instagram or Facebook? Instagram all the way. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Oh, all that right. was intense. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off with the name. Vicky Mac or Angelie. Yes. Okay, how that so came about. depending on when people started following my journey, I started Instagram a few years ago now. It's probably been about five years. And I started my... Instagram with my actual name, yeah. uh, my nickname, sorry, which is Vicky Mac, because my full name is Julie Victoria Devera Mac. So my nickname comes from the Victoria, and yeah. then was tracking my progress on Instagram for the fitness stuff. Didn't really know anyone on Instagram. It was still brand new. I didn't even really know what it was. I was just mm. posting photos. And then people started following me, like strangers, who I, I just had no idea who they were. None of my friends were following me. I don't even know if my friends had Insta back then. But as Instagram became more popular, I realized that my friends were coming on there, seeing my gym stuff, and I got a little bit embarrassed. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll just change my Instagram username to my real name. So I changed it to Julie, and it was just Julie with a random number after it. So no one would find me. (laughs) One, two, three. Yeah, it was was literally like a 9872, was it? So that was my Instagram name. I kept doing that. It started growing more and more online for the fitness side of things, and then... 
and Julie kind of became the name that anyone that had met me through the internet really would right. call me that. So Vicky Mac is what all my family, close family and friends call me. Anyone from university calls me Vicky. Yeah. As I graduated from uni, I had gotten so heavily into gym and I'd been sponsored by EHP Labs. I was working with other clothing brands as well. Mm. And it was just growing so much and everyone was calling me and Julie. So I kind of just decided I would stick with that moving forward after graduating uh, whenever I would meet people. So whenever I'm traveling, I tell them my name's Aunt Julie. Anyone I meet pretty much is, just calls me Aunt Julie now, apart from, like, say, my partner Ross or my family. So. Yeah. It does get sometimes confusing because some people will still call me Vicky if they've met me online because they know the story, and then I kind of struggle to realize how I met them. So usually if people call me Vicky, I can just assume that they met me well before social media, which is kind of nice for me cool. because it's nice to be called a name that reminds me of my hometown and all my friends back home, whereas Aunt Julie is just like this whole new online personality really so it's almost like two separate so it's a distinction really eh, between before social media yeah. and after and after so yeah cool, so cool. most people call me and julie and i do it now and i do really like that name so it's mm. good it's okay i'm happy with so that so people don't think you you're a double person yeah they don't <laughs> oh, i mean i do Hi, have the, i do definitely have confusions with people um depending where they met me again yeah. and they don't know what to call me sometimes i get messages from friends back in high school and they'll message me and they say like oh do i still call you vicky oh, and yeah. i just say yeah because I like it. Did you ever think that your growth would be this fast, especially with your social media following now? It was when Facebook bought Instagram that Instagram boomed, and that's when everyone started. I don't know what it was. It was just one of the years that Facebook bought Insta. I felt like everyone went to Instagram, right. and that's when I started growing because I was already on it, and then when everyone started going to it, then my friends started following me too, and then their friends, and then worldwide people finding Sorry. me, people are hashtagging. Yes. And so I mainly had my fitness one, which became, I changed the name to Julie underscore Fit for Life. Yeah. That became my main one, but I realized not every, not all my friends want to see fitness stuff, yeah. <laughs> and at that point, still not many girls were going to the gym, and I kind of felt a little bit embarrassed, and... I wasn't super fit back then. I had kind of just started and I felt like people would judge me for having a fitness Instagram because I wasn't super fit. I loved eating desserts all the time. It was just about a holistic, like a balance of going to the gym but still loving food. And I didn't care about competing. I didn't care about how I looked or abs. Mm. It was purely just getting stronger in the gym. So from there... I decided I should probably start another Instagram, which became Aunt Julie underscore Mac. And that was just for fun with my friends and kind of just... So a bit of lifestyle. Yeah, more lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, so following the lifestyle path. And then from there, that started growing too. So not only I had the fitness one, but then my personal one started growing. And that became more towards like a job and having to create content that was about mm. my thoughts and mo- daily motivation or life motivation tips for like mental health type things and right. um, family relationships so that then became kind of like a job and so I wanted a I wanted a social media platform that I could just post sunsets or food photos without having to have my face in it and right. things. so that's what and Julie dreams came from that's kind mm. of if I see a pair of shoes I like or sunrises sunsets food family photos yeah so that's a little bit more personal which is why it's only three thousand followers yeah, or so right. and then Facebook. only three thousand yeah. but i might <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh okay and so that's kind of just behind that's almost like a behind the scenes so if i go and do a video shoot or podcast and things you know i can post whatever i want on there yeah. and there's no pressure oh, cool. for it to 
get lots of likes or aimed at being a business account. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then the Fit for Life Instagram connects to the Facebook page mm. so I can share the post through. And Facebook hits a different demographic. So I find that often it can be like older, an older graphic on Facebook. Uh, so for me, I just like to have that because I know not everyone has Instagram. Yeah. Mm. So I still try and post on Facebook, and then YouTube's more interactive because I do love talking. Yeah. <laughs> so I can so share. Is it vlogs that you do on your? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's mainly vlogs, and a lot of people want full body workouts, so I right. post full training sessions. Sometimes I have a friend come and video my full workout, training with a coach, like leading up to comp. I had one of my leg sessions filmed yeah. and it was it just showed how hard it really is like it's not yeah. all smiles i had tears in my eyes that <laughs> session it was so hard um so youtube's kind of a more real every day like talking about self-love talking about how hard it is before competition after right. competition how you train whereas instagram is quite the highlights reel of oh i went to the gym today yeah. and there's a nice photo of me at the gym or you know hit workout that's only a 30 second long video so youtube just gives you that room to yes, like the well. realness uh, yeah, yeah definitely cool. you're you're more a lifestyle you know you're, you're about the lifestyle it's not all it's a balance definitely oh, I love that that's yeah. such a good talking point yeah so for me fit for life the idea behind that to me being fit for life is being fit mentally as well as physically so mm. just because you go to the gym you have abs doesn't mean that you're healthy and it doesn't mean that you're fit like mm. to me if I go to the gym and I feel really good, it doesn't matter what the weight on the scale is, but if I feel really good and get those post-workout endorphins and I can look in the mirror and think like, damn, like I feel really good today, yeah, that's yeah. what I want. And yeah. it's about the mental things that you tell yourself yeah. inside your head as opposed to if you do look online, you might see a lot of people that will only post like those highlights of, yes. look at me, I've got abs and the perfect lighting, the perfect angles, yeah. a little bit of Photoshopping here and there. For me... I'm so straightforward. If I take a photo, that's a normally, if anything, it might be three photos and I'll pick my favorite out of three. Nice. And so what if you have like a little role here or there, yeah. you know? I'm very against Photoshopping to enhance how someone looks. I think yeah. it's okay. Yeah. If I, obviously, if you shoot with a photographer, they might want to change the lighting or they'll edit out yes. like a dumbbell that was in the wrong place, you know? Mm. So there's different yes. kinds of editing and I have nothing against like creative editing mm. for enhancing a photo if I'm doing a specific photo yeah. shoot but if you're looking at an Instagram you might see that girls don't have cellulite they yeah. don't have even wrinkles in their creases yeah. from their arms and it's just not real like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I do get really frustrated with social media because even me being on it I can look at photos and sometimes you might compare yourself yes. to other people but in reality there's no comparison because sometimes you hear those quotes and it's like the people in the photos don't even look like the people in the photos yeah. so I think it's really important for people to realize honestly that social media is a highlights reel and I'll always I feel as if it's as lame as it sounds I feel as if it's my duty with a following, even though it's not as big as other girls, I feel like it's my duty to keep it as real as I can mm. so that they can see that I am just a normal person. After competitions, you're going to mm. gain a little bit of weight, and that's totally normal. It's healthy. You're not going to have abs 24-7, mm. mm. uh, 365 days a year. I mean, a lot of people can do it, but it's for me, that means no family dinners. It means no going out with friends. It means I can't have a casual drink like maybe not even, you know, like twice a year kind mm. of thing. And I'm yeah. not a big drinker at all. So if I want to go out and have cocktails with friends, I want to feel like I can do that without worrying about 
my fat percentage or my yeah, weight yeah. on a scale. So I think so many people get caught up when they get into social media or they get into the fitness journey with how they look that they actually forget why they started. And I mean, if they started to going like guys want to go and pick up girls or girls want to go and get abs yeah. or a big booty, then I mean, good on them. But for me, I personally started it. Going to the gym was stress relief. Lifting weights felt really good. I'd leave the gym feeling stronger. And then I could go and get on with my other activities as well. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah. It's not all about, you know, what you see in the mirror. It's about the feeling that you get when you walk out of the gym. And that's that. really important. It's exactly. one of the, the cool things about having someone like yourself on here is you're an awesome advocate for that in New Zealand. And, and that's what we're trying to push, which is, I love which is that. good. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we really align with that because I think the biggest thing is that people get so caught up in tracking their progress based on how they look or the number on the scale is the biggest thing and I think the most Mm. important thing is are you happy are you enjoying your training are you having a balance with your nutrition you know I think it's not so it's not beneficial if you're going to go to the gym all the time and then you're going to feel guilty about you know having a meal out with friends it shouldn't be like that and of course if you've got very specific goals like I've competed in the WBFF twice so last year and this year it's completely different it's a whole different lifestyle and I absolutely love it and the feeling of stepping on stage is an amazing thing but then you have to revert back after that to a general lifestyle and and for me to relate to other people that follow me not everyone wants to step on stage I mean most people don't Mm. have that desire so it's about finding a really good balance of training, nutrition, focusing on what actually makes you happy with that. Not Mm. everyone wants to go to the gym. Some people might prefer going outside for a workout. And then from that, it's also focusing on how that makes you feel as opposed to how you look. Because I might go up in the scales, like now post-competition, I'll increase on the scales, but I'm so much stronger than I was 10 weeks ago, and I feel so much happier, and I can have a cupcake if I want one. (laughs) And it it just feels so much better. So I'm really focusing on how I feel as opposed to anything else. And I mean, realistically, if you're feeding your body with good foods, you're moving a lot, Mm. the results will come. It just will. And if you're patient with that, the progress will come. You'll feel better, and your whole life just improves when you feel better. I mean, you take that motivation from the gym into every aspect, which is what I find really beneficial from the gym because I take that motivation and the time management of fitting gym into everything else I do. How how much are you training? Like like for someone like yourself when you're in your off season, routine. four times a week, five times a week, twice a day? I'm definitely a seven-day-a-week person. Seven day. So technically I'm five days of weight training and then two rest days, but I love active rest days. So that could be Steelmaster, because I like cardio fitness. I think it's really important for your general health and mental health. So Steelmaster one of the days, or maybe even just like a walk at the gym on the treadmill. If I don't feel like going to the gym, I'll get outside and go for a walk slash semi-jog. Not much of a runner. Um, So, yeah, definitely seven days a week. But I'm not going to stress if I can't go to the gym because that's more detrimental than not going to the gym I feel like if you're just yeah. going to stress about it there's no so point. when you go to the gym would you, are you would you prefer weights over cardio or do you have a favourite weights like, definitely weights <laughs> but when I started I was a cardio bunny completely yeah. so I think a lot of people always ask how I started my fitness journey and when I was in high school there was this police police course that was I think it was eight weeks long which felt like forever as a high school kid <laughs> anyway it was eight weeks long and it was aimed at kind of troubled kids to go but Eventually, at one, I really wanted to do it because it sounded like fun. It was, yeah. it was. Uh, I think it was Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays at six a.m. and it was kind of a boot camp, and they had all these strict rules. Like if your shoelace came undone, everyone had to do press ups. If someone swore, everyone had to do press ups. 
if someone was late, I think for every minute that they were late, it was 10 press-ups or oh something for everyone. <laughs> so it was a really good team environment, and I learned in those eight weeks. So they kind of ran out. I think they ran out of, like, troubled kids, and somehow <laughs> I got on this. I wasn't a naughty kid, but I got into this program, and we did eight weeks of Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and I saw how fit I got. Like, my background was heavily in violin and piano. Yeah. I practiced every morning, lunch, dinner, like, after school and stuff, and so... I was heavily into that, but when I started getting into the fitness, I saw how quickly I changed in eight weeks. Mm. And my strength, just like they had wall sits, and I became the best person at wall sits. Like <laughs> you would sit there and just see who could do the longest yeah. one and planks. And I got so strong by the end of it, I thought, oh, I might start going to the gym. So I started going to the gym, had no idea what I was doing. All I did was cardio. So running. I'd literally just literally running and treadmill. biking. I would yeah. go every day after school and high school and just bike like 20Ks for fun. <laughs> I think that's how I got legs. Like people ask about legs. I just used to bike so yeah. much. When yeah. I started, it was all cardio. And then I downloaded an app the Nike Training Club. Oh, yes. And it's a free app. Started doing workouts. Met a trainer in the gym. Him and I became friends. And then he said, you know, why don't I start weight? So it was actually him. His name was Ricky back home. And he... Said, you know, let's start your so weights. Where's home for you? Blenheim. Blenheim. Yeah, cool, cool. so in the Just South Island. So yeah. literally, Shout out to Blenheim. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Blenheim. So there was about, I think back then there was maybe one gym. It was the stadium club gym, kind of small club. I started going there. He started teaching me to lift weights, and then I just started liking it, but I had no routine. We're talking, I would go on a leg extension, listen to a song, and the leg <laughs> extension would be done for the whole, whole... There was no routine in this, no structure, and if I could change anything, it would be going back and actually starting with a proper trainer right. from the start. Because now, like, yeah, I've been training for, say, eight years, but it wasn't really serious until probably around mid-uni. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so I started doing that, switched to weights. Then when I went to uni, I really needed the stress relief. Started going to the uni gym, got really heavily into weights and training with all guys. There was no girls in the gym back then because yeah. that would be, yeah, four or five years ago. So back then it still wasn't big on social media. No, there weren't yeah. lots of girls posting booty photos and leg workouts. So I was one of the only girls there and I started training with all the guys and all they would ever get me to do was lift heavy. They told me not to do cardio. <laughs> all this bro science of like no cardio. We have bro so, science every episode, I swear. Yeah, yeah. So I, I listened to them and I stopped doing cardio. I started lifting heavy. I started eating more. I just, just got strong and not lean at all it was just a little bit fat a little bit of muscle didn't know anything about dieting tried everything you could imagine and then can you give us like some uh, diets that you've tried I'd love to know I've tried I know lots of people are pro keto diet but the high fat low carbs I tried that where I was only eating like eggs and spinach and broccoli very very bro science yeah, like yeah, just yeah. chicken I was in the uni halls trying to cook my chicken and yeah it was just it was not not, not healthy. Yeah. And then I finally went to a nutritionist. She helped me out. I stopped counting any form of calories and things for a year and just really focused on nourishing my body and just enjoying training. Mm. And then I started traveling a bit, going to Aussie when I met EHP Labs. I was invited to go to the Arnold Classics there, met them, got inspired by all the fit people around, got to train mm. with lots of girls. And it was my first time training with girls. And I realized how strong I was compared to girls because I was always with guys. So yeah. when I was with them, you know, I was lifting twice what they were doing. And I realized, like, oh, I don't really need to – like, I need to change things up. And 
so yeah, after training with girls and learning how they train and how they eat, I started looking into my nutrition and training differently. I started mm. inco- incorporating more booty exercises, more higher rep stuff instead of just heavy lifting all the time. Did you think did that build a good strength foundation for you though? Yeah. Like I think it was amazing. I think yeah. starting yeah. off in your first two years, I think the most important thing you could get is a good trainer and good nutritionist. If you do that, mm. those first two years, I reckon you've just got it'll set you so far ahead. When I started training with the girls, it was a little bit different. I just had fun training with them. And then when I, yeah, when I was at the uni gym, that's where I met my boyfriend. And he was also a trainer at the time. So from there, he started doing my nutrition and my Mm. training, which helps so much. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he pretty much helped me with all of that. The way I got into competing was I flew to Perth with EHP Labs, and I was rooming with Rachel Dillon, who's two-time world champ for the WBFF. Oh, I think and, I've seen her Instagram. Oh, she's incredible. She's like, back then when I met her, she was on 40,000 followers. I didn't know who she was, and I just saw her body, and I thought, wow, she looks amazing. Yeah. And after that weekend, I got, to, I got to train with her once, and after that weekend, I went home straight away. I messaged her, and I said, oh, what do you do? How do I do it? <laughs> How and do I do it? That was the you. first, I think, that was the first time I ever had a nutrition and training coach, and that was last year. So, yeah, oh, cool. so that was when I've seen the most progress in terms of, it was the first time I saw my abs ever yeah. was last year. What was the top tip that you got from Rachel? What, what did she oh, tell you? I have to say, she is like nothing else. I mean, her and her sister are both, I mean, she's two-time world champ and her sister's a pro. Yep. They eat so clean. (laughs) It's unreal. It is their commitment to it is just so inspiring. (laughs) It's definitely very different to my methods, but they're so they eat very clean. And I think that then the nutrition plays such a big role in Mm. training, whether you're new, whether you've been doing it for a long time. The biggest thing I would say is you just can't out-train a bad diet, and I've learned that now. I mean, if you're – like, it's fine if you don't want to lose weight or you don't really have any specific muscle gain goals. If you just want to go to the gym for fun, you could go to the gym for fun. But if you really want to take things to the next level, your nutrition has Has to change. Like, if you've been going to the gym for three years – or like me, if you've been going to the gym for, say, five years and then you hadn't seen any results, it's your nutrition. Yeah. I think that's what everyone has said in the past podcast as well. Is like you fall in love with the gym, but it's the food that just you know, sets you back a bit. Yeah, it, de- it definitely sets you back. So for me, once I had messaged Rachel, I said to her, oh, you know, there's a competition. And I think it was 110 days. I said, do you, I sent her photos. And I said, do you think you could get me ready? She said, yeah, but you have to start today. So I literally paid her, started with her, prepped in my first show last year. I was a little bit sneaky here and there. You know, I had a little bit too much peanut butter oh. and things. But all I wanted to do was step on the stage, and I was really happy with that. And then for the past year, I worked with her sister to step on stage again this year. Yes. And absolutely slayed it. Like, I went yeah. from nothing last year to second place this year. I was about year. to say, second place in the bikini. Yeah, bikini yeah. Uh, medium. And there was 27 girls this year. That so awesome. it was well really done. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. Well so for me, I think with competing, the most important thing is to realize that, well, I mean, everyone does it for different reasons, but my only ever competition, and I think a lot of people could learn from this, is that the only competition that you ever have, whether you're stepping on stage or whether it's just general life, is yourself. Mm. Because you can't control what anyone else is going to look like. You can't control yeah. how they're going to do, whether they'll get a job promotion or they'll win, you know, worlds or whatever. The most important thing you can do is give it your all and if that's not enough, like what else could you have done? I think if you didn't give it your all, 
then you're going to have regrets. But mm. for me, last year I knew that I was a little bit cheeky with my nutrition here and there, and that was fine. I was really happy with how I looked. And then this year, I gave it my all. I went to the gym when I didn't feel like I did my cardio. I, I stuck to my nutrition. There might have been maybe two days where I was a little bit higher mm. when I shouldn't have been, and that was it. So I gave my all, and I came second, and I was stoked. And the so person good. that came first was incredible. So it was like an honor to come second yeah. to that. So, That's yeah. a big achievement. Yeah, yeah I was awesome. really happy with it. Yeah, so I think um, for anyone listening, I think it is really important not to compare yourself to anyone else. Yeah. Because if you do, it's only going to lead to, like, misery. Exactly. (laughs) You're not going to win by comparing yourself to anyone on social media or anyone else on stage. As long as you're doing what you enjoy doing and you're working really hard for your goals, then, like, what else can you do? One of your posts on July the 8th was about, like, social media versus reality. You, you remember that one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that one? The swim, swimming talk one, right? Yeah. yeah. It depends. When you are on social media, it depends why you're doing social media. Mm. So as to what you're going to accept and promoting and what you're going to post. Yes. So for me, I'm all about inspiring and motivating other people to live a happy, healthy lifestyle. Yep. I want them to chase their dreams. I want them to work hard and hopefully be motivated by my work ethic. Yeah. Whereas other people might be on social media as their full-time job. They need to be promoting products to mm. make money, whereas I have other jobs in contracting, so it's not my main source yeah, of so income. Yeah, so is this your sort of side hustle? Yeah, so this is like my side hustle. Yeah. So for me, I don't rely on social media to make me money, which means there's no pressure for me to take any paid campaigns that I don't want to do. Yeah. So, of course, there will be people out there that will sell out for the money and I mean that's only natural I understand some people do care more about money or they they have bills to pay and things but for me because I didn't start social media to make money I only Mm. started it really just to track my own progress I guess I personally never take on anything I don't use and love myself Mm. and if I really enjoy something I'll promote it because I yeah because I love it and I think that the people following my journey would benefit from it but I mean if you look online there'll be people promoting gummy bears that apparently make your hair grow (laughs) teeth whiteners that probably only cost a couple of dollars from overseas you know it's a massive industry social media is a marketing it's a, like it's a marketing billboard, oh, really. Yeah. And so advertising, companies have to pay for advertising, whether they're paying for it on social media or they're paying for a TV advert. And I yeah. guess getting a whole lot of influencers to promote their products is just the most effective way now. Exactly. Um, but, I yeah, I personally don't agree with promoting things that aren't genuine. I mean, if they like the gummy bears that grow their yeah. hair, <laughs> go, for go for it. it. Yeah. yeah. And just, so with that, like what has been the most outrageous uh, direct direct message sliding into your DMs? Any weird or like things that you're like, okay, why did they message me? Yeah, I think some companies these days will not even think about how they align with influencers. So it doesn't make sense for a company to reach out to me that is, say, maybe a waist trainer, maybe a detox tea, Mm. or something that promotes quick fixes. Right. Because I'm not about that. I'm about the long game. So I'm about having a healthy, nutritious lifestyle and going to the gym, not taking a tea that's supposed to make you lose weight. Yeah, Yeah, like supposed to make you lose weight. So I've had everything from teeth whiteners to... Uh, waist trainers to detox teas to socks. Socks, Yeah, Yeah. so I've had a company ask me to promote their socks. And, I mean, (laughs) to me that just does not make – it doesn't make any sense to me. So I think it's really important from anyone that's 
in the business world looking to get an influencer to promote their product, you really have to think about who you're getting. Mm. I mean, if you want a girl to promote teeth whiteners, but the majority of their following is 80% male, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's same with like makeup brands and things. So for me, again, when it comes down to skincare and stuff, I don't wear makeup, I don't brush my hair. It doesn't really make sense for me to work with many beauty brands unless it was like a natural kind of organic type brand. So I'm not going to work with any brands that use, say, uh, palm oil in their protein bars right. or anything that goes against my morals I literally won't promote and I think it's really important for anyone getting into social media mm. to think about what they're going to promote like yep. if they're going to sell out the second they maybe get a few thousand followers and get offered you know a hundred or two hundred dollars you're going to lose the respect yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. going to lose the respect so quickly and I always get messages from people saying oh you know I went out and tried Oh, someone said something to me the other day. They tried like edamame bean yeah. noodles or whatever. I absolutely love them. Or I tried your recipe. Like, thanks so much. I trust your opinion. And to me, the trust from them means more to me than right. a few dollars because I don't need their money. How did you start from your very beginning at the start of the journey oh and gosh. actually build to 69,000 or a total yeah. of over 100,000 yeah. to what you know? Oh, that's where you yeah. say. I. I find it so hard because it's kind of weird. Like, if you think about, oh, why do people like me? (laughs) that I don't want to sound up myself in thinking why people would follow me. But, of course, you have to think about it. So I think the main things in starting a social media following are are the biggest benefit for me and my feedback from people are keeping it real. I do keep it as real as I can. I'm not going to bother posting anything that doesn't align with me. So keeping it real, consistently posting. We're talking daily if not twice daily yeah. and it is hard work yeah. to get that much content and sometimes you just don't want to take a photo yeah. sometimes, sometimes I just want to stay in my track pants and my slippers and like don't really want to make an effort yeah. so consistent content adding value to people like people mm. are going to follow people that add value to their lives I mean some people will follow people just because they look pretty on the internet yeah. and that's fair enough but adding value whether it's educating them on nutrition training supplementation or for makeup artists and things they're Mm. adding value to those girls because they're teaching them how to do new makeup styles comedy people are adding like laughs and adding humor to people's lives so everyone that is growing online has some form of value to add to other people and for me I feel like it's keeping it real and the positive outlook that I have on everything I do I think people really relate to that and Mm. uh, leading on from that being relatable to people Uh, is something that would grow them. So you don't really have to have expensive things to start. You just have to have a clear path of what you want to do and then start it. Like if your goal is to motivate people to live a fit life but you're overweight, maybe your goal is to start losing weight and start documenting that progress because people want to see the journey. What sort of strategy did you put in place? Yeah, so I think that it's super important for people to have some form of a strategy for their social media and to plan out their posts. As much as I say that it's important, I'm not going to lie, I don't do it. (laughs) I know I, for me, I think... So you don't have any planning, like like there's a lot of apps out there that you can plan and schedule all your posts. Do you use anything like that? There's awesome, so there's Hootsuite. So for my social media contracting for bigger companies, I have used social media plans because it's so important. You know, some companies are posting every two Mm. hours or so for the bigger companies. But for me personally, I want to post once or twice 
twice a day across my channels and it really depends on how I feel. For me to keep it real, I can't plan to post something on one of those scheduled apps mm. where it's talking about, oh my gosh, today I had the most amazing day. Uh, blah 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 if yeah. maybe that day I might have had a bad day yeah. and I might be feeling really awful and then for me to go and post one amazing day I had doesn't really align with me so I could definitely schedule posts but I feel as if usually especially for Julie Mac my posts are determined by something I see in the day so mm. if I helped someone and it made me feel good in that particular day then I might write a post about it or if I saw something that really upset me then I would write about that so really my posts it's not so good because they really rely on something that happens to me in the day yeah, and if yeah. nothing yeah. too inspirational happens to me in that day you know I might not post okay so which isn't so good yeah from yeah. a strategy side it's not what I would recommend but yeah. it's what works for me so you know because there's a lot of I guess, girls and guys there's a lot yes. of people that'll be listening and a lot of your followers are, know. you know are they trying to do the same thing as what you're doing you know uh, they're on so the many. same journey yeah. What can they do to sort of get them from, say, a thousand to ten thousand, or a thousand to two thousand? Maybe I need to be not private anymore. Oh, That's not a private start. would help. That yeah, would take your profile off. That hashtagging, location tagging yeah. are massive yeah. things because it helps drive people that are interested in similar things to yeah. your Instagram. So I think hashtagging is so important and checking into locations. Like if mm. I go to Flex, I'm going to check in there I'm at Flex yeah. because members at Flex will see we'll people in Auckland yes. or Hamilton will see that I was in that location. It just drives local followers, which is really cool. But the biggest thing is to get viral posts up. Viral, mm. getting viral posts is the biggest thing that grew my fit for life this year. That I think was the it's, before and after pic. Yeah, hey, before yes. and after photos yeah. are the biggest thing for me. So for fitness journeys, before and after ones are amazing. So if you're 100 kilos and you drop down to 60 kilos, you've got that before and after mm. photo. You watermark it with your username so it doesn't get taken by other companies yeah. to yeah. promote detox teas or other silly things. You get that shared by multiple pages. Yeah. You just grow. I think this year my Fit for Life might have grown from 30,000 to 70,000. It was the transformation photos and competition stuff that just grew me. Yeah. The most viral photo I had was one of Ross and I. It was a mirror selfie. I think I was only 64 kilos, but it was after a holiday in Fiji. I came back. He, I was taking a photo in the mirror in like just a bikini and track pants. Yeah. Don't know what I was doing, but <laughs> whatever. That's what I was doing. Took a photo. He came and gave me a hug from behind. I took the photo. One photo. Yeah. Then the next photo was the day after my first competition last year. I was taking a photo again in a bikini uh, just before we went to the swimming pool. And he came in and stood next to me, took it, and I just happened to put them side by side. Yeah. And what I didn't watermark it, but it just went viral. So I... So many pages shared it. It reached over 1.3 million people. Oh. There was pages with millions, like yeah. fit, I think with two Ts, like fit transformations, transformation, fit nation, like all these cra crazy big, big yeah. I remember I screenshot so many of them, but all these big pages just get, like with millions of followers kept mm. reposting it. Lots of companies tried to steal it, like detox tea companies oh, saying, you yes. know, this was two weeks when really I think it was like a year progress. Yeah. So I had lots of issues with that. So moving forward from there, I have learned to always watermark my transformation photos. Mm. And I kept my whole comp journey, shred journey. I also kept posting transformation photos and it just they just kept going yeah so people that, love to see change yeah and I they think that's the thing. Change. when they see it they're like oh well if, I, if she can, if do, she it, can do it i can do it i think for me as well it's so important for people to realize that i wasn't always fit i didn't always have abs and that's so relatable yeah. to them yeah. because 
I yeah, like I love food just as much as anyone else. I think my heaviest weight was sixty nine point seven kilos, and that was after traveling yeah. overseas. <laughs> yeah. And so, what is your seen, favorite food? Oh my gosh, one thing. If you had to <laughs> eat it, like if now, I had to, and I that think was it. I want to categorize it into a thing would be dairy products. Yeah. I absolutely love any dairy products with cheesecake. Yeah, cheesecakes, cheese on crackers, <laughs> ice cream. I have a sweet tooth, so ice cream. Yeah. I have a sweet Tir- tooth as well. Tiramisu, <laughs> any kind of dessert, I absolutely love. So you're not love. a fried chicken, like a mm-hmm. deep fried I'm, I'm definitely not a deep fried kind of person. I don't remember the last time I ate oh, no. deep fried Yeah. That doesn't appeal to me. If I do have fats, my favorite fats are the weirdest things like coconut oil or peanut butter on yeah. my comp day i got to, i hadn't had carbs in two days and i got to have honey almond butter and rice cakes and it just oh. was the best oh, thing was, yeah. it was really good so yeah I, go. I pretty much love all food yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah. everyone else yeah. yeah like everyone else so a lot of people say oh i used to always, We've always love talking about food in here oh, <laughs> so sorry i'm so bad your it's, top says taco time it does <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm not gonna i'm gonna hurt yeah, this with parade. honestly yeah. i think about food a lot yeah so i think like when anyone gets into fitness i think sometimes people get too focused on being so restrictive in their food so they're like oh i can't have deep fried chicken i can't have there's all these can'ts i can't have ice cream, this and that. Mm. But you really have to find that balance. Like, yes, you can have an ice cream. One ice cream is not going to set you back. It's the combination of one ice cream with the deep fried chicken, with the this and that, day after day after day. Like, if you are going to have, you know, an ice cream a week, I genuinely just don't believe that there's any issue in that. And there'll be other people that disagree with me. But Mm. I think that an ice cream a week is not going to set you back. If anything, it's going to help you because you don't feel like you're missing out. And then you're less likely to go and binge on a crazy amount of food because you still can have that. So, yeah. yeah. Just to wrap that up a little bit, when we're talking about platforms, like whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Mm. what is the best platform that you've used to help grow, like grow your personal Instagram. brand. Instagram. Instagram. I absolutely love Instagram. I think it's just something about having pretty photos yes. on the internet that you can like, you can comment on, people can see it. It's, mm. a, it's just like a snippet of your lifestyle. It's that just you like can a share. beautiful grid when you it's see so, it. It's just so easy, you <laughs> yeah. know. Whereas YouTube takes so much time mm. to edit, film, and edit, and then post it, and then promote that through all your other platforms. Yeah. Facebook is fine. I guess it's kind of like Instagram, but Instagram's just so much more more fun. fun. I find it really yeah. fun. And now with the additions of highlights and stories, it's yeah. more interactive. So I stopped with Snapchat yep. because Instagram came out with yes. stories and I've been told by so many people that you have to have Snapchat. But I genuinely just can't keep up. Yeah. There's so I mean, there's Twitter. I have Twitter, but I don't understand <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think in New Zealand we don't. It's so not in America. America. Is, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I yeah. think is really big. So New Zealand never really picked that up, I think. Not I'm, huge. I'm yeah, kind not of, a huge. They say that you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket with social media because imagine if it just disappears. Yes, yeah. I think about the slots if Insta just stops. And I would like to think that people would seek me out on whatever platform I go to. So if Instagram was to die and just no one had Instagram, it's okay because everyone will move on to a new platform. So there's lots of new platforms coming out that I've looked into. But right now I just think Insta's the one. So if it was to die, I think I'd be fine. I'd just move on. And again, it's not my main source of income, so it doesn't bother me on that side. But it would just suck because you'd lose all your photos and all the time mm. and effort you put yeah. into it would be quite disheartening but I'd probably move on to YouTube and go fully into that right like all in on so YouTube. that would be your choice if, I think if, if, if Instagram, Instagram just 
crash disappeared. YouTube yeah. would be my go-to. Is it, is it growing for you? Is it something that you can see a future in with the content that you're creating that you can potentially get to a point I where you could to. be? I want it all to be my full time job so that I can make content mm. creation like my passion and my full time mm. but YouTube just take it does take so much time and I've been told by companies that if you really want to grow on YouTube the key to it is daily vlogs right. we're talking daily. every single day and there's people that have done it Casey Neistat I'm sure lots of listeners yes. would know him he did th- he decided he would do a vlog every single day for a year or something yeah. and that means late night editing it means Really committing to it, and yeah. I'd just be happy to do one or two a week. Would be yeah, a lot. yeah, even that's a lot. That's, even that's yeah. a lot. I struggle yeah. to do that. I might right now. I've just been so busy that it's like once a month, really, which isn't enough. Mm. But it's still growing because the past videos are still there, and people are searching and they're finding them. Yeah. But for that, I've actually been paid through YouTube before, not much at all, like tiny, tiny amounts. Yeah. Because most of my videos, I use music that doesn't allow you to monetize because yeah, right. I'd rather have good music for it. You know, again, I'm not really in it for the money. So if I can have good music on my videos mm-hmm. and people enjoy the video more, it doesn't bother me if I don't make a few dollars on it. So it's literally... You're more about building it the Yeah, I'm all about yeah, just... Yeah. And then maybe one day when it is bigger, then I... Like, I think this year I wanted 10,000 subscribers on YouTube and it's at like six or six and a half. I think it's so, six, yeah. Um, I think my next project is to post, yeah, weekly moving forward from next week. Mm. And then that should just get me up there just naturally. It's not yeah. for me. It's just as long as one person watches a video and learns from it, then I'm happy. You know, yeah, it's yeah. worth my time. So, which is why I think. I do do so well because I don't put pressure on that. Whereas other people, if they're starting out, they've got no followers and they're so follower hungry. They forget that in order to make, like, get followers, you actually have to give them a reason to follow you. You can't just post photos of, like, your shoes or dog or something. Yeah. Yeah. What's the downfall or what's the probably the, the not so glamorous side? Mm. Like we touched a little bit with Casey Neistat in terms of the, yeah, the editing timing, and the time yeah. and work. What's one thing for you that, that you negatives? maybe don't yeah. enjoy so much? There's so many. <laughs> There's actually so many negatives <laughs> yeah. I don't think people realize. Obviously, content creation takes yes. time. But further than that, I'm all about not comparing yourself to other people. But, of course, when you're online, you're putting yeah. yourself out to the world. Yeah. So you're naturally going to compare yourself to other people, mm. whether it's how did they grow so quickly or do I, am I not? You start – sometimes you could self-doubt, you know. You could yeah. think, like, am I not growing enough because – I don't look a certain way. Maybe I need to be leaner. I need to have bigger boobs. Or, and you start thinking of superficial things, which is not what I'm about at all. So for me, I think the comparison is a negative side to it. Also separating it from being a job and it from being social and it from your actual life. So for me, going out for dinner dates, going out for things with friends, stuff like this, mm. you know, I'm not on my phone for me, I purely see it as business. Like, I'll probably, to reply to my friends, I could take, like, a couple of days on Facebook. You know, I by the time I have finished working online for other companies' social media, yeah. the last thing I want to do is look at my phone or yeah. look on the computer. It's so time-consuming for me. I like to reply to all my comments, but you have to... I've been working with, like, a life coach recently who's also now my nutrition and training coach, and she's just said to me, like, I have to set boundaries of yeah. when I'm going to reply to DMs, when I'm going to reply to comments. Mm. Do I have to reply to everyone's direct messages? Because I feel really bad if I don't, but there's certain boundaries you have to have, you know? Like, I'm genuinely not getting paid 
to reply to comments, to reply to messages and to help people. I do it out of the passion of wanting to help people and see them do well. But then, like, you have to think about your mental health as well. I mean, you need time. I've recently started, when I finish work, going for a walk outside and just getting fresh air, no phone, Mm. just, like, chilling. Um, Because it's 24-7, social media doesn't have a break. People are always messaging you. Like, one time... It was a Friday night, someone messaged me, or Saturday night, someone messaged me. I wasn't checking my phone that night. Mm. The next day or next morning or maybe even that night, I can't remember, I was out with friends or something, get back to another message from the same person. They had said, oh, because I hadn't replied to them, you know, in a few hours. And they said, oh, I didn't realize you actually didn't want to help anyone and you didn't want to reply. I didn't even have time to check my messages. I just needed a night out with my friends. And then I said, oh, you know, it was a Saturday night. I just needed a time out with my friends. You know, like, what am I going to do? Like, you're human. Yeah. Yeah, So, and I have no issues with sharing that because, like, that's my life. How am I meant to? I can't be on my phone 24-7. So I think the downside is really separating business and helping people and living your life. Living and I, your you always life, say yeah. it frustrates me so much when I am on my little walks or out for dinners with Ross and things and we look around. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's on their phones. Like, what is a date? Why don't you just stay home and play on your phone if you're going to go out yeah. to dinner? Yeah, save your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least save your money or yeah. something. So for me, yeah. I think the downside is definitely just some downtime. Where do you see yourself um, in 10 to 15 years? I'd just like to stay 21 forever. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. No, 30s I mean, are the best years of your life. As I get older, best. everyone's telling me that the years are the best years. But anyway, I think as long as I'm doing what I love and I'm really happy at any age, it doesn't really matter for me. The main thing that I would love to be doing even closer than 10 to 15 years would be, oh, maybe not the kids' side of things, but <laughs> closer on a business side of things, I'd yep. like to be fully self-employed. So nice. I'd like to have my own business up and running, helping people around the world to transform their bodies, really, just to live a healthy lifestyle. So I would love to be online coaching within oh, cool. a short amount of time. So Russ and I together would be doing that. He's been to universities, just so knowledgeable and has so much value to to everyone so teaming up with him would be amazing within the next hopefully few months we'll have something coming so uh, I'm very excited for that so you guys can stay tuned for that awesome and then moving forward from there being self-employed hoping that that means Ross and I can work together move out of the city like Mm. move out of Auckland have a proper house, have an office, Yeah. <laughs> film my YouTube videos there, Do just do social media full-time, really, Yeah. Uh, helping people around the world. And then I would love to have, as everyone online knows, I would love to have a dog <laughs> and maybe one or two kids and a Jeep. So, oh, yeah. good. <laughs> so I, I like do that. have goals, you know. Like I definitely, yeah, I'd love to have some little fit kids, little Jeep Wrangler <laughs> and a house and just be happy at the end of the day. Like all those yeah. goals don't really mean anything if I'm not happy and living a life that I love and traveling and things. So it's not really fun. sure how the kids and dog fit into the travel, but. They'll fit into well, the Jeep, so you'll be As long as I've got the Jeep, I'm happy. Yeah. But yeah, so just, yeah, pretty much my goal is always just to be happy and healthy. So, awesome. yeah. Thank right, you. Yeah, a big thank you, Angelie. Awesome. Um, 
it's awesome to have you here sort of get your advice and, mm. and, and just understand your journey. I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah. I said earlier before we came in here, um, it's nice to work with other sort of uh, Kiwi, you know, personal brands, other yeah. brands that have really started from zero and, and yeah. built their way to where you are today. So congratulations yeah. on where you're hey, thank at. Thank you. Thanks, um, you guys yeah, for I'd having me I would love to see, yeah, all the progress in your future. Yeah. All right, well, that's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. If you wanted to find out more about Treadmill Talk and all of our episodes, please check out our website, flexfitnessgym.co.nz. You can also find us at Facebook and Instagram, so that's flexfitnessnz. And you can also find our past episodes on our YouTube account, which is also Flex Fitness New Zealand. 